beloved, you are listening to Grace Life Komi Podcast, a platform commissioned by God to raise men into completeness in Christ Jesus. We believe that you will be blessed beyond measure as you give yourself wholly to this divinely inspired teaching. Through God's servant Pastor Chimdi Ohahuna. Grace to you, Jesus is Lord. Jesus, we give God thanks and praise for another time of fellowship in His presence. Um, this is um, understanding the finished work of Christ, and we celebrate God for another privilege to share fellowship together in His world. We've been on um, a particular aspect of um, the understanding the finished work of Christ series, and that is that the um, Jesus came to give us the spirit of adoption, and we've been understanding what the spirit of adoption came to do. We have the third one, which is that the spirit of adoption came to give us and uh, make us know our responsibilities in Christ. Amen to Jesus. Amen. Praise God forevermore. He made us, came to know, make us know our rights in Christ. And we understood that we can only exercise our rights when we are responsible and when we know our responsibilities. And so we'll be looking at our responsibilities in Christ and we've been on this journey for quite a while. Amen to Jesus. We're trusting God that we'll be able to do a, a wrap-up of this in no distant time so we can go into looking at other things that Jesus came to do. We've been able to look at look look at over 20 of the things that Jesus came to do and it's been awesome in this journey. Amen to Jesus. Alright, we've, we've looked at nine of our responsibilities that the Holy Spirit came to reveal to us. I know the Holy Spirit reveals to us by God's word. Praise God forevermore. We're going to be looking at the tenth responsibility that um, the Holy Spirit came to reveal to us as a spirit of adoption because He makes us responsible in the family of God. Praise God forevermore. And this responsibility is that we are responsible for other stumbling. Amen to Jesus. We are responsible for other stumbling. We are going to be looking at this in two um, 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 series. Amen to Jesus. Because I described the Lord when I began to look at this, I was like, I can't rush this off because um, I think it's very important for the church. Like never before, the heart cry of God is for the church to come to the place of unity, for his church to come to the place of unity. Amen to Jesus. Romans chapter 14, verse 13 to 16, it says, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know, and I'm persuaded by the Lord Jesus, that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that estimates anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walketh thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. And then 16 says, let not then your good be evil spoken of. Amen to Jesus. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah, Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Now, um, it, 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 look at what it says in verse, um, in verse um, 15. It says, um, it says, But if your brother be not be grieved with your meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Um, we have a responsibility to build ourselves, not to destroy ourselves. Amen to Jesus. Um, one of the problems we have in the church over the years is um, the knowledge, let me say what the increase in knowledge, 
has made us rather destroy ourselves than rather build ourselves. Praise God forevermore. And Apostle Paul is speaking here, he says, do not destroy somebody for whom Christ died. You have no right to destroy a, a fellow believer for whom Christ died. Praise God forevermore. Now, for proper understanding of the verses under consideration, we have to go to the beginning of this of the, of the conversation. And we'll see this in the preceding verses. We're going to be looking at verse 1. Um, verse 1, I'm using the King James Version for verse 1 and International Standard Version. It says, King James says, Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputation. Him that is weak in the faith, do what? Receive ye. Um, one of the challenges we have had over the years is that we have not been receiving those who are weak in the faith. We have rather been rejecting. When you go to the, when you, st- you start, stand amongst Christians, you see that there's this serious rejection among ourselves. And it's so disturbing. Amen to Jesus. We teach the um, writings of Apostle Paul, but I don't know why we select what we teach some of the times. Amen. It's, this is Apostle Paul speaking. He says, He that is weak in the video, you have to do what? Receive him. Receive. Um, the International Standard Version says, Accept anyone who is weak in faith, in faith, but not for the purpose of arguing over differences or opinion of opinions. I get what I'm saying? He says, we should receive those who are weak in the faith, but the purpose for which you have to receive them is not for the purpose of what? Arguing over differences of opinions. And if you look at even some of the way we receive, we receive for the purpose of arguing over differences of opinions. And the Apostle Paul made this clear from the onset. The basis of which you have to receive is not for the purpose of arguing over differences of opinion. If you look among the church, if you look among the body of Christ today, this um, um, denomination arguing over this denomination and that denomination arguing about some of them, you see the way they argue so vehemently as if we are actually in a fight. I get what I'm saying? And this is not what we are meant to do. We are to receive ourselves not because we want to argue. But over the years, we have been receiving ourselves because we want to argue. Are we together? Differences of opinion are bound to arise. And we, we, we looked at that in a um, um, say no to works of the flesh on the office edition. If you get it, I'm saying. And I advise you to go, into, go, 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 go and um, listen to sedition. It's going to help you greatly because you see, when we begin to argue about the various opinions, it just shows that we're manifesting the work of the flesh. It's not a proof of knowledge, it's ne- neither is it a proof of spiritual maturity, it's a proof of immaturity, it's a proof of manifestation of the work of the flesh. This is something they show, and they come, you know, some of the times I see the some people talk and they call a fellow believer foolish. And I'm like, what's, what's this? What's this? You know, you see them lash a fellow believer. You are not knowledgeable. You are not wise. You are not mature. Actually, you are, you are manifesting sedition. You are manifesting the work of the flesh. It's not a proof of maturity. It's a proof of, 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 of spiritual what? Immaturity. For to accept ourselves, for to accept ourselves, for the purpose of brotherliness and brotherhood, not to argue over, you know, difference of opinion. Now, Paul admonishes the saints to accept those who are weak in the faith. This means that so long as they are in the faith that is in Jesus, that's to say they believe that Jesus died for our sins and resurrected for our justification, that he is God and is coming back again. So long as they believe this, are we together? We must accept them into our fold. Are we together? We must accept them. The base of accepting somebody is that 
He is. He believes in Jesus as Lord and personal Savior. That Jesus died for our sin and resurrected for justification. That Jesus is God. Um, is God and He's coming back again. Once he believes, is that the base of accepting? Not whether he's strong in faith or whether he's weak in faith. Are you get what I'm saying? But over the years, we're beginning to segregate ourselves, and we accept ourselves based on our strength of our faith. You see, some denominations they don't accept some denominations because they feel these ones are weak in faith and they, they are strong in faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Is that serious that among the body of Christ, among Christians, we can't even intermarry? We can't intermarry. Let me use the word intermarry. It's meant to be intermarry, but we are talking to intermarriage because somebody from this denomination, they cannot marry somebody from this denomination. Are you getting what I'm saying? I always give an instance of, of, of a lady who told me of you know a, a, a gentleman she was um, um, in a relationship with. And they were always arguing, arguing, arguing. And one of their issues was that she was in a denomination that believes in the use of the anointing oil. And the other brother was in domination. The brother was in a denomination that does not believe in the use of the anointing oil. And this destroyed, this separated both of them. And both of them believe that Jesus is Lord. Both of them have received of the Lord and personal Savior. Both of them believe that Jesus died and resurrected again, died for their sin and resurrected for their justification. They believe that Jesus is the Son of God and Jesus is God. They believe that Jesus is coming back again. They believe it. But anointing oil has separated them. You see, I don't understand where we get all these things from. I don't understand where we get them. We are to accept ourselves not on the strength of our faith, but on the grounds of our unifying force, which is Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Now, we are only permitted to reject from our fold those who are not in the faith. Although we must love and pray for them to be saved. Are you getting what I'm saying? We reject them from the fold, yes, but we must still love and pray for them. Are you getting what I'm saying? But once we are in the faith, we accept. We accept. Are we together? We accept. So long as the person is not coming to give you a lot of complicated, you know, like I listened to somebody once and he said he reads books from the other faith to get inspiration. And I'm like, wow, this is serious. And you see some of them, they, they, have, they, have, they have read so many poisons and they have come to scatter the flock. Are you get what I'm saying? And they tell you, they have, and they said, the person said they're born again preacher. And they tell you that they're born again, tell you that they believe, but they believe that just Lord, and they still believe in other things, and they still read other things. It's those kind of people, we don't accept them because they are coming to destroy the food. Are you getting what I'm saying? We accept you once you believe in the, in the supremacy of Jesus. You are just all about Jesus. Then we accept you. The strength of your faith is not what matters. Are we together? Now it goes for that to tell us the basis on which we must accept them, not for arguing or disputing over differences of opinion. This means that differences of opinion are bound to arise among saints. See, I will, I will try this in a similar to what's on the flesh, I'll trash it again. These things are bound to arise. Why? Because of the difference of our mental processes, because of our different points of view, because of our different viewing points, because of our different uh, 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 um, um, backgrounds, are we together? These things must arise. Are you get what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. Now, our but the, the reason for this is because of the difference of our backgrounds before we came into the faith. Are we together? Yeah. The different backgrounds we have before we came into the faith, it's going to affect us when we come initially. You see, um, you see when Paul was dealing with um, the, 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 um, uh, the, 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 the the women in church, um, the, 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 these women were hidden women. They were they were idolatrous people. Are we together? And in the idolatrous in the idolatrous worship they, they, they engaged in, 
the women were major figures. They played a, a leadership role. And then they came to church and they wanted to carry their idolatrous, and you get what I'm saying? Their idolatrous way of worship into the Christian faith. So they wanted to start taking the lead. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so Paul comes and says, no, 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 no. See, that what applies there does not apply here. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now you have to sit down and listen and allow leadership flow. The purpose of this was not because Paul wanted to shut out women. The purpose was because they were bringing their background of their previous practice into the, the new life they have in Christ. And once this comes in, you see, water and oil economics. Once this comes in, it brings about a division. And sometimes the only way to stop division is to just stop something. Are we together? And that's why Paul said, let the women not speak. Let them go home and listen to their husbands. But we must realize something, that the, the first church grew majorly with the role of the home church. And in those days, the, the home was handled by the woman. The man was the outgoing person. He goes out to bring food to the home. <clears throat> Why the woman handles the home? So, actually, the home church was majorly led by women. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, but when they go to a public gathering, Paul tells them, please, women, keep quiet. Are you getting what I'm saying? To prevent bringing your background into the church. And you see, wherever people bring culture or previous faith they are in into the new faith, the, the faith, the Christian faith, they always cause a problem. They always cause a problem. They will always cause a problem. And so some of the times the best way to do it is just to shut out that thing totally. So as to prevent the problem. And that's why Paul had to shut out. Are you getting what I'm saying? So background will always cause issues. We've had to deal with people that have background issues. Are you getting what I'm saying? I heard a story about. I heard what somebody said. He said uh, a, a man told his a, a man told his son. He said, "You are my blood." He said, "But your mother is not my blood." Are you get what I'm saying? Now, so imagine a child growing up with that mentality. He grows up to see his wife as not a part of him, and waiting for a child to come so he can have a part of him in the family. So tomorrow when he misbehaves to the wife, what do you have? You see, and that kind of person comes into the new faith, into the Christian faith. He wants to, you want to start indoctrinating him that uh, God said for this purpose, a man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife and they both shall become one flesh. You tell him, what do you mean by one flesh? You say, that means both of you are now one. You are now flesh and, and blood. You are one flesh. He will tell you, no, my father said I am one flesh with my child. No, my wife. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so we have background issues. People have background issues and they come in with it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Um, some other challenges we have is the understanding of scriptures and spiritual things and the thought processes while in the faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Now, the understanding of scriptures will grow. The way I understand scriptures today is not the way I understood scriptures three years ago, it's not the way I understood scriptures five years ago. It's going to grow. Are you getting me? That's why we have to make room for those weak in faith. Because if you don't make room for them, if you have to use the hammer to hit them on the head every time, if you have to go into arguments, will destroy even the small faith they have, even the weak faith they have. Because we will have understanding of scriptures issues. The way people understand scriptures today will not be the way they understand it five years from now. Are you know what I'm saying? We also have the understanding of spiritual things. The way people understand spiritual things will not be the way they understand in five years from now. Are you know what I'm saying? We have to give room for this. And then we also have 
the difference in uh, thought processes, why they are still in the faith. The way they handle thoughts, why they are in the faith, ma- they, they, when, when people get born again, their thought processes have to also mature. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. The word of God has to mature their thoughts. Some will still be thinking, thinking, thinking. You don't throw them away. You don't start fighting them. You don't argue with them. No. You have to make room for them. Are you getting what I'm saying? When room is not made for these ones, they look for somewhere else. Praise God forevermore. Now, these are our diversities, which are our strengths when understood and what maximize. They actually are the diversities, and they are meant to be our strength when we understand them and maximize them. You see, that's why we don't argue over these things. Because what somebody may not understand now is a strength to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Your brother may not understand this. Your brother's um, mental process may be different from you. It's a strength to you. You have to accept that weakness and give it time to grow. Why? Because tomorrow, when that brother sees that you show him love, you accepted him without arguing with him. When he becomes mature in the things of the Spirit, when he begins to understand scriptures in the light you understand scriptures, he will forever be thankful to God that he met you. But if all you do is to use the hammer of, the, of, of scriptures to hammer his head, if at all he ever grows, he may grow in frustration and he will not find it exciting growing with you. And this is what most of the times we have in church. This is what most of the times we have among the Christian folk. And it's not helpful to us, praise God forevermore. Now, by this, we understand that weakness in faith is not sickness. It's not sickness. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not sickness. It is an opportunity to develop strength for both the weak and the strong. See an example I gave. When you, when you develop this weak one with love and patience, you accept this, weak, this person with a weak faith. You accept his weak faith. And you refuse to judge him. You refuse to, 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 to argue with him. When he finally grows to maturity, he's going to thank God he met you. Are you getting what I'm saying? At the end of the day, he has become strong and you have become stronger. One will chase a thousand. And so we put what 10,000 to flight. So if you can nurture this one to the place of maturity, what happens is that you, you thought you just nurtured one person. No, but you didn't nurture one person. You actually nurtured 10,000 people. Because this influence, maybe your influence may just be in the world, you may just be good in the world, you know, but this person is good in business. And you nurtured him in his wife's faith was weak in, in, uh, as, in, as a new believer. You accepted him and nurtured him. And you now made him know the word of God. And he now knows how to apply the word of God to his business. You know what's going to happen? When he gets to the business space, he's going to start reaching out to people. And you, as the teacher, maybe as a teacher of the world, you don't have the influence in the business area. But you've been able to develop somebody, develop strength in the business area by proxy. So you are now in the business area because you were able to develop this weak faith to become a strong faith. Maybe they'll be in the medical line. Maybe they'll be in the pharmaceutical line. Maybe they'll be in the, in the engineering line. When you develop this faith, you've actually been able to go to that field without entering physically. That's when they say, that's what we, that's what we mean by two we put what? 10,000 to flight. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now this strength is attained when the strong strengthens the weak by lifting up their weak hands and supporting them till we all win. 
till we all win. Isaiah 35 verse 3 says, Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. You see, this makes us understand that weak hands are bound to be around. Feeble knees must be around. You see, until we start seeing weak hands and feeble knees as blessings, we'll keep killing them and losing the blessing. Weak hands and feeble knees are blessings. Now, Jesus was with the disciples in the boat. And then they were shouting. He was sleeping. That's strong faith. That is God's faith at work. Are you getting what I'm saying? The faith of God at work. Now, these disciples have been following the faith of God, made flesh, and they could not see, get the faith. And then they said, oh, master, can I not know that we perish? The Bible says he stood up and he rebuked them. And he said, where is your faith? Now, but after rebuking them, he didn't say, which kind of, which kind of disciples are you to say? How many years people have not even learned? Okay. Are you sure that I'm even, I'm even um, carrying the right people along with me? <laughs> but you know what? After, after rebuking them, he rebuked the wind. Why? Because their strength to him was more important than anything. If it's on the say, if you don't want to grow in faith, then you, have, you can go now. If you don't want to grow in faith, let the wind kill you. Let the storm kill you. No! You don't allow the storm kill them. Yes, you can reprove them. You can rebuke them. But you deal with the issue. You know, Jesus, Jesus mentored, trained these people, discipled them for three and a half years. Yet, Peter still denied him. You know what painful that can be? Three and a half years. Now, if we compare, let's compare Jesus, God made flesh, discipling people for three and a half years. You can you can compare it to us who are, <laughs> are trying to try. You can compare it to like maybe 30, 30 something years of discipling somebody. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, after discipling somebody for 30 something years, 30, 30, maybe 30, 30, 35 years, and then you discover that. You discover that the person denies you. How do you feel? Well, you know what? After Jesus, after Peter denied Jesus, Jesus came to him Peter again and said, Peter, love is done more than this. He denied him three times before the cock crew. So he asked him the question three times too. <laughs> love is done more than this. Jesus said, no, you know I love it. And then the beautiful thing, Jesus asked Peter, agapao me more than this. That means agapao is the um, Greek word for the unconditional love of God. Agapao me more than this. That word actually was not in the original Greek. It was not in the Greek Environment, are you getting what I'm saying? Because the Greek never believed that God could love, are you getting what I'm saying? So they had Philos, Philadelphia, Eros, are you getting that? Uh, Philandros, those were Greek words that were used, you know. So Jesus asked Peter, um, Agapao me more than this. And Peter replied, I philos you. Agapao means, Do you love me with the unconditional love I love you, the love of God? And Peter replied, I love you with the love of a friend. <laughs> Because Peter now was talking from experience. You know, the mountain Peter had changed. The one that I say, oh, if that be, if it be you, Lord, command, bid me command, bid me command. He started walking and then he started singing. And they say, if everyone, did, did, if everyone forsake you, Jesus, I will not forsake you. After all the God said that God, he still denied me. He said, no. This time around, he, he had to respond with experience. He said, Lord, I don't agapow you. I can't. I don't have what it takes to agapow you. But I can feel you. I can love you as a friend. Jesus said, all right, feed my lamb. Jesus asked again, agapao me more than this. Peter said, ah, I feel you. I love you as a friend. 
and I love you as a brother. Huh? Bible says, greater love than no man that is than a man that his life was fair. I love you as a brother, as a friend. Jesus said, okay, feed my, my lamp. Again, Agapa me more than this. He said, I philos you. So you can feed my sheep. In other words, I'm okay with the philos. But at the end of the day, we discover that the philos metamorphose into what? Agapa. Praise God forevermore. But after three and a half years, Peter denied him. He still came back to, to, to reinforce Peter, to restrain him, to strengthen him again. God never rejects weak faith. So long as faith is there, to God is just okay. And that's what we are to do. We are never to reject faith. Are we together? All right. Now look at the, if we look at um, Exodus chapter seventeen, verse twelve. It says, "It says, but Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone. That's Moses, Aaron, and all, and put it under him, and he sat thereon." And Aaron and Hor stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady unto the going down of the sun. Then verse 13 says, And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sun. So if Aaron and Hor did not take Moses up to the mountain, give him a soul to sit down, oh, Moses had faith to, to hold his hands up, he had faith. But the faith started getting weak. The hands started getting weak. There are times when our faith looks like it's getting weak. I get what I'm saying. But Aaron and all took him, sat him, and said, Number one, if you stand like this, it will further weary your hand. Sit down. The most important thing is that your hands are up. Is that also? Whether you stand or sit is not important. Hands up is what's important. Are we together? Now, remember when they tell us to kneel down and raise up our hand? It's double trouble. Because the knees are crying, the hands are crying. So, no, Moses, sit down first. We will reduce his pressure on you. And then the next thing was that they supported his hands. So now it was not two hands up now, it was six hands up. <laughs> Are we together? It was six hands up. Because to support somebody's hands, your hand will also be paining you. So it was six hands up. So the pain on two hands were shared among four hands. So six hands in total were lifted up. And at the end, the battle was won. So when brethren are weak in faith, what we need to do is to add more hands to them. Multiply the hands. We will all be tired, but we will all win. We may all be tired, though, but we will end up what? Winning. Yeah. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now let's look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another, who is weak, eateth herbs. That's King James Version. Easy English says, some people believe that they may eat all kinds of food. Are you getting me? But other people who are not sure may eat vegetables only. Who are not sure? Now, not being sure does not mean that you are to be thrown out of the system. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting me? Um, King James says, who is weak? They eat only vegetables. Are you getting me? Now, so, um, that's why I always, for those who make a case for only vegetables, Apostle Paul actually called those who eat only vegetables, those who are not sure. Are you getting what I'm saying? And he called them those who are weak. So, if you're making a case for only vegetables and say that others who eat other things, they are fighting in the law of God and they will go to hell and every of that. Um, Apostle Paul says, he addresses you here as somebody who is what? 
who's not sure, somebody who's weak. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Now, so why, we, why am I bringing this up? Nobody has a right to judge anybody in this faith. Are you get what I'm saying? Rather, we should add four hands to two hands. Are you get what I'm saying? And you know, when the devil knows that we are now six hands, he knows that ah, we'll be getting weary, but we'll stand true to the end. He knows that, so he go, he's going to give up at the end of the day. When he knows there's only two hands off, there are no problem. I'll weigh these two hands. Those that are on the side of vegetables, there are two hands off. They're on the side, oh, only vegetables, they're on the side of, there are two hands off. Those that say um, all manner of things only, there are two hands off. But when vegetables and all manner combine together, we are six hands off. And that's what the devil is afraid of. And that's what that fear will come upon him in Jesus' name. Amen. Because the church is going to be six hands off. The devil can't stop the six hands. Yeah, he can't stop it. Now, um, food law was a crux in the Levitical laws God gave to Moses for Israel. If you look at Leviticus chapter 11, verse 1 to 47, it's a long one. All, what, what are to be eaten and not to be eaten? Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, this law stated for them what animals, birds, fishes, and insects, in summary, living things are side plants and humans which could not be killed humans could not be killed i get what i'm saying let alone eating he showed them what should be eaten aside plants life because plants were also to be eaten and they were the kind of plants to be eaten i get what i'm saying and then human were not to be killed at all the bible says if you kill a man you'll be, you'll be killed for it i get what i'm saying let alone eating are we together so cannibalism is anti-scripture praise god forevermore totally anti-scripture praise the lord all right now so um um it's important we note that the Levitical laws were strictly for the Jews. I want to stress this here because um, once I heard somebody say that this law was for all. No, it's not for all. It's not for all. It's strictly for the Jews. Are we together? Amen. This means that Christians, um, this, this means the children of Israel. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Jews, the children of Israel. Not everyone. And God gave it to them through Moses and Aaron. Are you getting me? Now, we must also remember something also, that the law was given to the children of what? Israel, to the Jews. Now, you see, we must understand something. The law was given to the children of Israel. The law was given to the Jews. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, God, from when man sinned, and, and we know the whole story, now, God discovered that the whole of humanity was messed up. So, he started looking for a people. A people he could have a covenant with. And he found that through Abraham. Are you get what I'm saying? And he got a covenant. Now, for God, this way is people. Every other people, they, they, they are called, in the Hebrew, they are called the Mohim, the nations. Are you get what I'm saying? They are called the nations. And God had a covenant with the Jews. And Yahweh had a covenant with the Jews. And these were his people. And the blessing was released upon them. Are you get what I'm saying? The law was given to them. The blessing was, released, was given to them. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, but when Jesus came, Jesus came to extend God's covenant with the whole of to the whole of humanity. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, the covenant that's the old covenant, the old testament, was with the Jews. Are you get what I'm saying? But Jesus came to now extend it to the whole of humanity. Now that's why in Jesus every of the laws are fulfilled. Are you get what I'm saying? Now in Jesus, the law we actually practice is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And it is the law of love. Love for God and love for man. And now, if you look at the Ten Commandments, it's actually a law of love. 
and the law entails love for God and love for man. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so, and Paul is talking about being a stumbling block here. He's talking about receiving those who are weak. Now, when you practice the law of love, you would not be a stumbling block to a brother. You will not do what will cause problems to a brother. Are you getting what I'm saying? Next to what you eat, next to how you live. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, you will be a problem to a brother when you don't know the law of love. Are you getting me? That's why Jesus said, what is the law? He said, love the Lord thy God, love thy neighbor, love the neighbor. As I said, that's the whole law. So the law we live now is the law of love. Jesus fulfilled the Ten Commandments in himself. And then, he's the love of God made manifest. For God so loved the world and he gave only because of the Son. He fulfilled the law, the Ten Commandments in himself. Fulfilled all the Mosaic law. The, 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 you see, there the, the were t- um, ten um, commandments given. And they were, they were <laughs> Moses and Aaron uh, 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 broke it down into, into thousands of laws. Thousands of laws. I get on thing. All of those laws were fulfilled by Christ and in Christ. And now he brought it one in one law and said, This law is the law of love. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. See, if you love the Lord, eh, there are things you will not do. For example, there are some kind of food you will not eat if you love the Lord. Why? Because it says, No, you know that your body is at the temple of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost dwells in it. Any food that is not helpful to your body, if you eat it, it means that you are what? Not loving God by destroying your body. Yeah? I get what I'm saying? Now, if you love God also, there are some kind of things you will not do that you know that will be a challenge to your brother and your sister. It's simple. It's a law of love. So, let me say what? The law has not changed. Are you get what I'm saying? It has been fulfilled, compressed, and put in one. And now we've been empowered to fulfill it, to, 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 to leave it out. In the Old Testament, they could not leave it out. They could not obey it. I get what I'm saying. But now, we've been engraced to obey the law of love. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. He releases love to us so we can now love. Are you get what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. I don't want to stay much on that. Are you get what I'm saying? All right, now. So now. This law was given to the children of Israel. I just wanted to stay on that so that we get to understand this. Amen. Now look at Leviticus chapter 11 verse 1 and 2. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying unto them, Speak unto the children of Israel, underline the children of Israel. So it comes in clear to our hearts. Are you getting what I'm saying? Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which ye shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. And it goes on to list them out. I get what I'm saying. So the food law was given to the Israelites. Are you getting it? It was given to them. Praise God forevermore. Are you the children of Israel? Now, um, 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 these laws, they are not enforceable on the Gentiles. They are not enforceable on the Mohim, the nations. Are you getting what I'm saying? But if you want to still apply them, oh well and good. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you look at your health benefits of taking some kind of things and not taking some kind of things, it's best for you. And, and you do that. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. But the basis of salvation is not laws. The food laws. Are you getting what I'm saying? Alright, let, let's quickly leave that. Okay. This was a major matter of dispute and challenge to Paul's ministry because some of the Jews were trying to impose the food laws on the Gentiles. Are you getting what I'm saying? And these Gentiles were converted through the ministry of Paul. Are, are you getting me? Paul was an apostle sent to the Gentiles. They got converted by his ministry. And then some Pharisees had a meeting and said, no, they have to enforce food laws on them. <laughs> See, those are put that know how to frustrate a man's ministry. <laughs> After somebody has gone out on the field, reached out to souls, got them saved. And some people sat and they didn't go and reach out to anybody. 
I get what I'm saying? They didn't reach out to anybody, they didn't get anybody saved. And somebody has gone out to get people saved. He went through perils, went through challenges, you know, to get people saved, was beating, to get people saved. And some people sit down in their offices and they say, okay, now that brother, brother Paul has, um, has, has, has reached out and has saved these Gentiles, now we now have to put up a, a body to regulate their Christian practice. <laughs> Hallelujah to Jesus. We didn't go out to evangelize. We have now he has won the soul, and you are saying you want to put up a body to regulate their Christian practice. If you wanted to regulate their Christian practice, you go out and win them. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So now, um, um, Paul opposed this, and a meeting was held to that effect, where the conclusion was made. Are we together? Now the whole event is is captured in Acts chapter fifteen. I encourage you to go and read Acts chapter fifteen. It's very, it's very, it's a very nice uh, um, event. Praise God forevermore. And you see these things that happened then, they still happen to now. You know, you go out and you reach out to souls. You get the soul saved. And as some people will not tell you how to how these souls have to live their Christian life. These people that always do this, they never go out. They never go out. They are they are just there as judgmental, critical people. You know, it reminds me of the story of how the scribes came about. <laughs> you know, after the the the, the uh, Israel was invaded by the ba- 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 Babylonians, they took a lot of them out and every of that. Now the temple later on was destroyed, and then the scribes had no the, the priests then had nobody to offer sacrifice and oblige, um, uh, to make atonement for. So they were kind of jobless out of jobs. So what did they do? They now decided to start writing out scriptures. That was what brought about the scribes. Are you getting me? And so after a period of writing out, even when it, <laughs> when everything, when they came back, they, they, they continued writing and they now became secretaries for political personnel <laughs> have it together. You see, we don't want to go into all these, all these issues. These are all things happening in the church. These are not new things. They are old. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, so you see a lot of people out there. They just want to please, please problem. Jesus told the court the Pharisees, he said, you, you are dogs in a manger. You will not enter into the kingdom. <laughs> and you will not allow others. And what kind of people are you? And the people that are behaving like this to Paul were also Pharisees. Go read that chapter 15. They are always there to taunt people's ministry. They will not enter and they will not allow others to enter. They will not reach out and save the souls. When you manage to save the souls, they want to make this, the, uh, the, the faith difficult for the souls. And the Lord deliver us from parasitical people. Amen. Right, Acts chapter 15. We're just going to read um, through some rest of scripture. Read for verse 1, verse 5 to 7, verse 13, verse 19 to 20, verse 22. Verse 23a, then 28 to 29. I'm going to rush through it so we'll see just a little of the story. It says, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. Wow. That means the basis of salvation was circumcision. Now we must understand something. Somebody, I saw something today. Somebody said, Why is it that people pick every petition of Paul? Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, but they don't um, emphasize on, um, they, teach, they, teach, they teach the teaching on grace. But they don't teach the um, Paul's perspective on circumcision. And we need to understand something. We need to understand that Paul's teaching was salvation by grace through faith. Are we together? Not of works. Paul's stand on circumcision was salvation is by grace through faith, not by circumcision. He says we are the circumcision 
which worship God in spirit and in truth. I get what I'm saying. Now, Paul's teaching on circumcision was second, he said, not of the outer flesh, but of the heart. Circumcision that Paul taught, or, or, taught was circumcision of the heart. That is the new birth. Are you getting what I'm saying? By the spirit, not by the flesh. Now, the old covenant taught that circumcision had to be physical before a man can be accepted into the covenant. God gave it to Moses. Are you getting what I'm saying? To, to uh, 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 Abraham. You must circumcise all your children. That was the base. That was the token of the covenant. Are you getting what I'm saying? The removal of the peoples. And the removal of the peoples is the removal of the excess flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that excess flesh speaks of, Bible says, lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets thee and run the race with patience. Are we together? Now, a weight is not a sin, but when carried for a long time, it converts it to a sin. Now, it made, we are made to understand that um, um, the prepuce on the male organ is, when it's not removed, it makes the male more quickly susceptible to sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah. I get what I'm saying. So one of the reasons is said, go and research it, go and study it. One of the reasons why the people is removed is also to reduce the rate of STIs and STDs. So it's also a medical whatever. You get what I'm saying? So even if the person may not, aside even the STIs, you know, from sexual transmission, even from um, viral infections and every of that, if the people is not removed, the person is more susceptible to all those things. Are you getting me? So removal of the people is removal of weight that can now nah, it is just a flesh, oh, is that not so? But before you know that flesh can become a cause of disease, is that not so? So that's how weights metamorphose into sin. Are you getting what I'm saying? So removal of the weight of, of the people spiritually means the removal of weights that can be converted to sin. So circumcision, Apostle Paul said is straight of circumcision is not of the flesh, it's of the spirit. It's of the spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we that teach salvation by grace that Paul taught us, we also teach circumcision by the spirit. We are not separating it. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not a physical thing Paul was talking about. Praise God. Alright, so let me run away from that quickly before the, it takes my time. It says, but there arose, there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying, that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Are we together? Now, not only circumcision, now also keeping the law of what? Moses. And the law of Moses entailed what? The food laws. Are you getting me? So now, no, we are going to circumcise them. Can they bear the pain? Are you getting what I'm saying? When uh, Levi and Ruben wanted to execute, um, uh, um, kill um, um, Shechem, the guy who, who, who violated their sister, what did they do? They told, they told them, no prayer, we don't have a prayer with you. Let all the men circumcise themselves. And when all the men circumcise them, the Bible says they entered into the city where the men were weak and vulnerable. And they killed from the king's son to the last man. Why? Because a man who is bleeding at that point cannot do anything. Are you getting me? Praise God. Now, so you come to impose that law on them, but Paul makes them understand that this is not an outer thing. The circumcision we're talking about is the circumcision of the heart. And then the next thing was the laws of Moses, which entails the Leviticus, the food laws, which we saw in Leviticus chapter 11. And these Gentiles were used to eating any and every. Are you getting what I'm saying? The law was not given to them. Are you getting me? All right. Now, so, um, and the apostles and the elders came together to co- for to consider the, this matter. You see that? Now, it says, and when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us, 
that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. He, Peter comes out here and says that God chose that the Gentiles should hear the gospel by his mouth. Now, people know, I've always heard people say that Peter was sent to the Jews, and you get what I'm saying? And then Paul was sent to the Gentiles. But here's what Peter is saying here. Peter is saying that God chose him. Are you getting me? For God chose him to be the mouthpiece by which the Gentiles will hear the gospel. Are you getting what I'm saying? So Peter was actually also was actually sent to the Gentiles. Are you getting me? But now he was chosen, but he did not accept the choice. Are you getting me? And so God had to make sure that somebody gets it done. Praise God. So it's not like God just chose Peter and said, okay, you're for the Gent, you're for the Jews, and then Paul you're for the No, 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 no. Let me use this word. Peter was sent both to the Jews and the Gentiles. Are you getting me? Because that's what he says here. He said, God chose him by his mouth, the Gentiles to hear the gospel. Are you getting what I'm saying? He says, and after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Wherefore my sentence is that we trouble not them, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols, which is love for the Lord. Is that not so? Idolatry is actually what, what God calls um, 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 adultery. Praise God forevermore. Pollution of idols is giving the love of God to something else. Are you get what I'm saying? It says, I'm from fornication, which is normal. Are you get what I'm saying? There's nothing, there's, there's no, there's no law. This is a law of love too. Are you get what I'm saying? This is not important. It says, and from things strangled. This is just for health benefits. We all know that strangled means are dangerous. Are you get what I'm saying? Blood carries a lot of parasites inside of it. And if you don't ensure that you remove the blood as you can, as you, as you can remove it, it could cause some damage. Are you get what I'm saying? It says, I'm from blood. It was a Levitical law for them not to eat anything that had blood. I think you know what I'm saying. But aside Levitical law is because God says it's the, the, the life of the living is in the blood. Aside the Levitical law is that eating things that are strangled, eating things that their blood is still inside them, is dangerous to you, the one eating it. I get what I'm saying. Because blood carries a lot of parasites that can destroy. Praise God forevermore. Now, then. Please eat the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch and Paul and Barab- with Paul and Barnabas, namely Justus, surname Barsabbas, and Silas, chief men among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. In fact, I, there's, a, there's a verse of scripture I wanted to put here. I didn't put. Paul says something. He said, sorry, Peter, in this meeting, he said something. Here, How can we impose burden on these people that even we, we could not carry out? He had to be sincere to himself. We, these laws, we could not carry them out. I will not want to impose it. We, the chosen ones, who, we could not carry out these laws. We could not fulfill them. We could not obey them in total. I will not want to give it to those that are not even the law is not for them. Let's be rational. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's alright. It says, For it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things that ye have seen from meat offered to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, from which if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well. Fare ye well. Now the conclusion was that the Gentiles do the following. Number one, abstain from meat offered to idols. Are we together? 
Yeah, I've seen Bomito that to idols. That means don't get into idol worship in any way. Are you get what I'm saying? Now they knew the meat offered to idols, they knew it in their time. So they could easily abstain. Are you get what I'm saying? Alright, praise God forevermore. And number two, abstain from blood. You know, we've said that. Number three, abstain from things strangled, you know, and then abstain from fornication. You know, the Gentiles were highly promiscuous people. But I want to go into the way they carried out their 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 idol their 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 um, festivals and feasts, it was highly, highly sexually promiscuous. In fact, all these were brought from them. Are you get what I'm saying? Um, when when Acharot was being worshipped, they, were, they, were, they actually had sexual intercourse in, in, in the temple before the, the, the idol Acharot, so as to please the idol. <laughs> Are you get what I'm saying? It was a dangerous situation. Uh, and, and, and in fact, they had what they call temple sex workers there. So, fornication was the order of the day. Are you get what I'm saying? So, they had to come out, point on that one. Please, please. You have to stay out of this. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to you. And it says something there. It says, from which if you keep yourself, you do well. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, the conclusion places no emphasis on clean and unclean meat. Is that not so? It just places emphasis on meats um, dedicated to idols. Are you get what I'm saying? Okay, now, um, it um, and meat dedicated to idol talks about the condition of the meat, and it also plays emphasis on whether it's strangled or has blood in it. That talks of the condition of the meat. Are you get what I'm saying? So this conclusion gives liberty to the Gentiles to eat whatever meat their feet can carry, but must meet their both four conditions. Eat whatever meat, but it must not be dedicated to idol. It must not be strangled and it must not what have blood. Praise God forevermore. Secondly, what they ate did not determine their salvation or damnation. Are you get what I'm saying? Now the law makes it like this: you walk to be saved. Are you get what I'm saying? That's what the law does. You walk to be saved. Are you get what I'm saying? But grace is that Jesus walked it all for our salvation. That's why the Bible says Ephesians chapter two verse. Uh, 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 5 and 8 says, For we are saved by grace through faith, not of works. Not of works. You don't walk to be saved. In the law, you have to walk to be saved. In the day of atonement, you have to make sure that you, you do a lot of good deeds before the day of atonement so that your good deeds may be accepted. It doesn't have to be works. You have to come and offer yourself. It has to be works. Are you know what I'm saying? But in grace, we don't walk to be saved. Christ has worked for salvation. So, meet the could determine that salvation or damnation in the law. But in, 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 in grace, meat does not determine salvation or what? Damnation. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah, Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Now, so, um, um, you see, and it tells them what they ate did not determine their salvation or damnation. This is glaring by the end phrase in the decision letter. What is the end phrase? It says, from which, if you keep yourself, you shall do well. It didn't say, you shall be saved. Are you getting what I'm saying? He says what? You shall do well. You shall do well. It didn't say you shall be saved. If there will be in the Lord, you say this, if you do well, you shall be saved. But in grace, yeah, it says this, if you do, if you do, if you keep yourself from this, you do well. Uh, I, I wish I could watching that you prosper and be that even as you're so brother. I'll be together. Now, so, uh, um, salvation is only is only in the name of Jesus. But well-being is in what we do after believing and confessing Jesus. So you can be saved. When you get born again, you believe in Jesus and confessing, you are saved. 
But if you believe in him and confess him and you are saved, and after salvation, you now choose to live recklessly. You choose to eat recklessly. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are saved though, but your body is what? It's nowhere. So their emphasis here was not meat as a basis of salvation. It was meat as a basis of well-being after salvation that Christ gives. So to further buttress this truth, we see Jesus prior to this told the multitude in Matthew chapter 15 verse 11. Jesus told the multitude in Matthew chapter 11. He says, Not that which went into the mouth defileth a man. Is that not so? But that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. In fact, Jesus' own matter said here was even more serious. They came to meet him and they said, ah, The disciples of John the Baptist washed their hands before the eats. But his disciples don't wash <laughs> it all works out but you see I don't know some of the times you know the law was very good because you see why God gave this law was actually hygiene he had to use salvation <laughs> as the bait for it so that they would stick to it you know you have to put a penalty for people if they don't obey the law you have to make it look like they were getting saved by doing this but it was just a, a hygiene matter you know what God told them he said when you touch a dead body you become uh, defiled and then you have to purify yourself with high soap and stay out of the camp for a while. Now, what was God just trying to pre- um, prevent them from there? Scientists discovered years after that high soap, that, that it was a plant too. High soap was one of the most potent antiseptic in the world. So God was just trying to de- de- prevent them from bacterial infection and other infections that will come by touching a dead a corpse. And then it has to use make it look like you are it's a spiritual exercise. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, what was washing of hand? Is if you don't wash your hand before it, you get, you get gems now. You get gems. And so the Lord made them wash hand before they eat and wash feet because their feet is dusty. They don't, they, so they not, you not be looking at each other's dusty feet and wash your hand. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. And then they brought an issue with that. And Jesus told them what he told them. Now Jesus also presented the blanket with, a man, with all manner of unclean animals to Peter in a vision. And told him kill and eat, but Peter refused. Remember, you know, Peter. If you look at Acts chapter ten, verse eleven to fourteen, you see the whole story here. There. Now, this buttresses even before Paul began winning the Gentiles that the grounds for salvation was not observing the food laws of the Jews, but believing and confessing Jesus. Praise God. First Thessalonians five verse nine says, "For God had appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ." Romans ten verse ten. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mount confession is made unto what salvation so it is possible to be saved and practice things that do not make one do well very possible yeah but practicing what makes one do well does not automatically mean that that person is saved hygiene does not mean you are saved are you getting what i'm saying salvation is only in christ but we do well in christ when we practice what is right on this ground, when salvation is received by a person, he should not be judged by his faith, but accepted in the fold and strength. That is why we must not what? We must not stand as a what? Stumbling block to one another. We must be responsible for each other's stumbling. Because salvation is based on believing in Christ, not what we do. 
on what we've done to I believe somebody has been blessed. And um, I believe your life has been transformed. You are there, you've not made Jesus your Lord and personal savior. You've got to make this decision and I want to encourage you to do it. Say this prayer after me, say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you died and resurrected for me. With my heart, I believe that you are my Lord and personal Savior. And my mouth, I confess your Lordship over my life. Because you chose me, I choose to save and follow you days of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we thank you for everyone who has made this prayer. Thank you for receiving them that belong in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We pray one prayer, Lord. I receive grace not to act as a stumbling block to any weak believer, but to accept them. You pray that prayer now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive faith, grace, not to act as a stumbling Beloved, thanks for listening to Grace Life Komi Podcasts. We believe that you've been blessed via this episode. We request that you also remain connected to us via our other social media handles on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and YouTube. We are Grace Life Komi on all these platforms. Also, for more information about the ministry of Pastor Chimri and Funke Oahuna, kindly visit chimrioahunaministry.org. You can also send us your requests and testimonies via email today through chimdiwahunaministry at gmail.com. We are dedicated to feeding your spirit man with spiritual meals that we edify, equip, and engender your growth in the knowledge of God. Remain connected to Grace Life Komi. God bless you. Jesus is Lord.